everyone, Madeline Dale here, the Chapter Goddess. I am a mom, author, blogger, freelancer, podcaster, producer, and overall creative. With this show, I really want to focus on creatives and bring their authentic self to life. How are they motivated to pursue their passion? What have been the struggles along the way? Does self-care play an important role in who they are today and how they connect with the creative flow? Bringing one's authentic self to the forefront is important in this world that we live in currently. Sharing your self-care, your tips, and how you stay on track for things without losing it completely is also important. Self-care is not talked about enough, and authenticity and self-care are what I like to highlight with my creatives, as well as getting to know them. So, get ready for a fun and entertaining show. Hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and let's get ready to meet this episode's guest. Hey guys, sorry, I'm over here jamming to my intro. It's one thing I love about the music that I've got in there. It just kind of wakes you up and gets you moving and ready for a fun conversation. I am excited to have a guest return to the show today. And before we bring her in, I'm going to mention this episode is sponsored by Creative Edge Publicity. Um, And we're going to be chatting a little more in depth about things related to the writing world today. But without further ado, let me bring her in and let her introduce herself. Oh, boy. Ann Charles, uh, USA Today bestselling author. I write genre mysteries. Uh, I have five different ongoing series I'm working on. Some I'm working on more often. Others I'm not working on enough. But I've been writing she's for a long time. But I first published in 2011. I started way before that. And uh, I'm a full-time author and a mom and a wife and all that good stuff wrapped up together. And I live up in the mountains in Arizona. And I've been living in this room for a month now as I pound the keys to try to get another book done so that I can have it released in the fall for our Deadwood fan party up in Deadwood, South Dakota. Yeah. Kind of makes me feel a little intimidated that you're working so hard on it. But as we chatted about before the show, guys, I've neglected my manuscript a little bit in favor of freelance work. But let's dive in. Here are just a few books from this series. And let's talk about the Purple Boots. I know that's a great kind of brand thing. Tell me more of what drew you to use that for this series. Well, it's honestly, it was a choice when I was writing the first book and I was the first chapter and she had boots on and I thought, what color? And I love purple, um, always been my favorite color. So I said, well, of course, they're purple boots. And that just was kind of how it started. They became such a, a part of the brand. I, I didn't have any idea that that was going to happen. I'd, I'd like to tell you I'm super smart and I planned this all out. And we were going to purple boot everything, but no, it started that way. And then uh, a really good friend of mine had, she. we had talked about this pair of purple boots I found online 
way back when. And I loved them, but they were like 450 bucks. And I, you know, again, mom, all this other stuff, you know, I can't afford to drop 450 bucks on a pair of boots when you got babies. So she was so wonderful when uh, my second book came out, Optical and uh, delusions of Deadwood, and I had my first book signing coming up. She be, you know, behind my back, sneaky, went to my coworkers, my family, my friends, and they all chipped in and they bought me the purple boots to wear to the book signings. So it was really cool of them, and and um, just you know, so heartwarming. And I still wear those boots when I go to Deadwood. I, I treat them like babies, you know. I keep them boxed up and take good care of them. And then every time I go up to Deadwood for book signings. I wear the purple boots for the whole, you know, the whole thing, which is a lot of fun. So that's kind of how the purple boot came about. It just, it worked on the covers. It, it just kept growing as, yeah, Violet Parker, she wears purple boots. And it became kind of the sexy part of the story too, uh, linked with the romance and, and other parts. So it's, it became so much fun to have this, you know, the purple boots. And sometimes we have two boots in the logo and sometimes it's just one purple boot. But, you know, it just, whatever works. Now I want to, like, totally look at the covers to see, like, ah, yes. <laughs> like, wait, there's, <laughs> uh, I love them because I, too, my favorite color is purple. And I totally, mm -hmm. like, I am eventually going to have to get me a pair of purple boots because the thing is, like, you mentioned the price. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm my, since Ooh. my son is young, I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't get those. Right now. <laughs> well, these ones I have, um, I'm not trying to promote the brand, but it was, they're old gringos and right. old gringo boots. I, you put them on and they're like butter. The first time I wore them, they, they didn't pinch my ankles or toes. They were just perfect. And I thought it was meant to be these purple boots, you know, and, and this, this story and Anne Charles, it all worked out really well together. And yeah, they're fun. They're fun to have too. And initially way back when there weren't many, I even went back to old gringo to ask if I could buy a second pair because they weren't selling them anymore. Oh. This was a couple years afterward because I thought if something happens to these boots now that have become part of the thing, you know, the brand, I got a problem, but um, no, they searched their warehouse and everything and they had no more. So these are it. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that have them and now there's more brands that carry purple boots, but I have to protect these. Um, and I do. It's really funny. You know, make sure the purple boots are okay. Yes. And I mean, they're expensive too. I've any pair of boots I've owned in the past, they've been like demolished, but I also was not gentle on them. They were my horseback riding, horseback training, right. like all of that. So there's, or a dog would get a hold of them, which was yes. the most recent event. I'm just like, well, those are going to just have to do for a while. So, like, <laughs> Yes, I have other boots that I wear for other stuff. And then I just keep those for the book signings. You know, they're part of the outfit that goes. Yes. Have you had any reader or fan like show up wearing purple boots too? Yeah, it's been really fun. There's people that come with them. Um, uh one of the retailers in South Dakota, it's really cool. She found a pair of boots. She painted them purple and then I autographed them and she puts them with the books for sale. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to just, you know, use the purple boots in different ways. Oh, that is so awesome. So since you started like with book one and it's kind of turned into a brand, do you wish you had done anything different with the purple boots or do you think maybe, do you question whether a different kind of like image for your brand would be better or worse? Well, 
No, because I, I mean, I, I still like purple and I yeah. still like <laughs> purple boots. But what we what I have done, uh, we have done for like the Jackrabbit Junction series, which mm -hmm. it's now has six books and two shorts um, or two novellas. That that brand is different. That's the skeleton guy. So yeah. if you look at those covers, there's skeletons all over. We do a lot of branding with fun skeletons. Uh, my brother is an artist, so he does all the illustrations. He um, works with us on the covers. You know, it's his art. It's it, it, So he will come in on the side and I'll say, hey, I need to have this for, you know, maybe branding purposes or marketing. And he'll create stuff, which is really amazing that I have you know, him right there and he can help with that. It makes it so much easier than trying to find clip art or not. I guess it's not clip art anymore, but you know, whatever, trying yeah. to find images that work when we have right there, you know, he can create whatever we want, which is really cool. So we do the skeleton for the Arizona series and for the dig site series, we have like all these really cool Maya things, you know, like the Maya son, my, my brother drew kind of an evil son. And then for the undertaker series, we have several different, you know, uh, boots in the hat. Cause I write it with my husband. So we have a hat, with a hole in it that's got it because it works with the story there's a guy who bought a hat that has a bullet hole in it you know it's his lucky hat so we just kind of play with all those things but i really like how the purple boots have worked out because then readers know if they see that purple boot on the cover it's Anne charles you know for the most part especially ma matching the you know what you can see is art real art so it, it's it's really worked out well Oh, I like that because that does, it does bring it instantly be like, oh, that's an Anne Charles book, not a, like, it's kind of like, I think is it Stephen King that does his name really huge. He does that yeah. for his branding. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. So with keeping the series alive and going, what have been some of the struggles that you face in continuing to work? Because you're working on what book number you said right now? 13, 13 trying to get 13 done. So the biggest the biggest thing with the series, okay, these aren't um, you know, there are two types. Well, there's probably other types of series, but there's the type of series where each story is a story unto itself and it has a certain character, you know, Agatha Christie type story, you know, or or Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. Something where it's the same character but different stories. That is one type. Um, another is continuing ongoing which is what i do so it's violet parker and her friends and different people and every story continues after the last so it picks up um i even you know keep the dates in them so you know as we're moving along through the months and you can see some books last two to three weeks on the page some books have taken five days and they're done um and so one of the toughest things about that is the keeping track of continuity because I have to not only make sure I don't change eye color or, you know, hair color. Well, hair you could change. But, you know, the vehicle they're driving, the basics, I have to keep that the same. But also the plot lines have to be strung through, you know, constantly. Yeah. And sometimes I'll drop a plot line. Well, I won't drop it. I'll, I'll throw out a plot back in book seven. And then I'm going to pick it up in book ten. And carry it forward more, but I will touch on it a lot of times in between, so we keep it fresh. Yeah. So keeping track of plot lines uh, is quite a business too. I have to go through, and I was going to see. I have a notebook here somewhere. Ooh, this yeah. is just—I'm not going to. I mean, you can't really see, but this is just the last oh, book or yeah. two. Wow. So you can just kind yeah. of see some of the 
the country, you know, I'll go through and do continual notes mm -hmm. and just say, okay, let's read it again, the whole series, and let's make notes of what things I have to wrap up yet in the past and all that good stuff. So wow. that's, that's a bit of work that takes, yeah. um, and the older I get, you know, my memory isn't as good as I was, you know, back in my thirties when this all was getting growing. Now yeah. I'm like, okay, wasn't there a plot about this that, you know, uh, and, and I have some really great readers that are now friends who I can write to and say, in which book did this happen? Because I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I know it was in there and I can't remember which book and they'll help me. And I also have um, your world keeper. Um, she works for many authors. We started long ago and she has um, a mic. Oh, what is it? It's a OneNote, I believe. There, she keeps okay. track of everything. I can go to this OneNote, and it has all twelve previous books, notes on the characters, notes on the buildings, notes on everything you can think of, plus synopsis of each book. Yeah, it's a ton of information. She keeps adding to it, and I can go back through and just skim through the different books and look at the characters and where did we leave off and. So she does that with every book and adds to that big one note. And she does that for all the series that I have. So she's really awesome. Again, it's your world keeper if you're looking for some. So if you're not going to do it, I really recommend you find someone to work with that will. Because if you're going to do a, a series like this, unless your you know memory is incredible. And in that case, why are you just <laughs> writing books? You should be doing something else, making tons of money with that. For memory, real. Right? <laughs> yes, man. But, I'm young and my memory's not that good. I, I literally have, like, I'm like, you. Yeah, I have the notebooks and I've been trying to transfer it over to like Excel slash Google documents. Yeah. So like chaotic, trying to yes. get it all over and I'm just not the most organized person. So I might have to check that out because helpful. it's very helpful she's wonderful and uh i you have kids now you said yeah I, so yeah. there goes your memory you're done yeah. i mean that's that's what cool. happened to me i was doing great and then here come kids and all the stuff that comes with kids and it was like i can't remember my name some days you know yeah. so uh this really helps it's it's really uh important to readers that you don't um, change things around. Is that a cat behind you? Yeah, Two cats? I'm sneezing. I love them. And like the dog is over here too. He's like, <laughs> I don't know if you can see. You can say hi. He's like, no, I'm sleeping. I checked on the I'm cat. Sleeping. Laid back down, mom. I do not want to move. Rush, are you doing to you? You don't want mom to sneeze. Kitty cold. Yeah. Probably because I've been trying to. I've been moving stuff around a little bit in my son's oh, room. He was in there like, oh, I'm going to go play with everything because it knocked all the dust loose. I was uh, like, so it's yeah. we're fixing to have another toy clean out whether he likes it or not. Because I'm just like, <laughs> so anyway, readers are readers, especially those who binge, which I binge. So mm -hmm. it's so important that you get you keep details straight. You don't change things too much. You have good explanations if you do make a change. Because it'll pull them out of the story. And that's the oh. last thing you want. Yeah, I can't. There's only been a few times, I think, because I'm really bad about binge reading series, too. Like, you pick one up if you're, it's good. You just want to keep going. Right. And the, it's only happened a few times where that's happened. I've come across something. And I'm like, wait a second. This is not. This was different. And, like, I have to go back. And it's, like, three books before it or so. And I'm like, that doesn't. 
oh well and like I just try to push through it and keep going, which sometimes you, yeah. it, you can, but sometimes you're just like, no, can't do it. I know. It'll just stop you. It, it just stops you cold and it pulls you out of the world, which is no fun because, oh, yeah. I mean, you're escaping into the book, right? And you don't want to think about your everyday life and what's going on. You want to just have fun over here in this little, you know, this world. So oh, yes. immerse yourself in the character. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally throws you off. I love that you can do that with your readers, though, and they're like, yeah, this da-da-da-da-da happened here. Um, I can't remember who else said that they've asked their readers, um, hey, what color was such and such in the past? I can't find it because they tried to not go back through and, like, find a certain color of something. I don't remember what it was specifically, but one of the readers was like, oh, yeah, at least, like, in a group. So, so each of my books, each of the 12 books, except book 10, which is only 60,000 or 65,000 words, the other books are all around 100 to 130,000 words. So you're looking at a million. Am I doing that right? <laughs> yes. That's really for math. A million words plus that you're yeah. trying to remember everything that's happened. And that's a lot to, and that's just one series. Yeah. I was going to say, that's just that one series. That's not including the other series you're working on too. And right. Right. And yeah, the, the Jackrabbit series, I have six big books out like that right now, plus a couple of shorts. So it all starts adding up. And I often, um, my husband, like I said, we write the Undertaker series you know, together. Um, we joke about when we're old because he helps me so much with brainstorming and, yeah. and you know, the ones I work on uh, that we'll sit there and we'll have all these people that we think we know. You know, I wonder how Violet's doing. Did she ever get this taken care of? And they'll be totally fiction, but we won't, we probably won't remember that. It's not so. fiction in your head though. Like you're, that world is in here. So you get to live it and like enjoy it. Yeah, Ooh, and we have somebody that's dropped a comment. I have a notebook for like names and locations. Thanks, Mike. That's that's out. really good to do. Um, I it's it's so important that the name is right for like a building. You know, well, you called it this building before. You called it this hotel. You called it, you know. So all those details. If I could show you a picture of what the OneNote looks like, I would, but I can't, you know, it's on my computer, yeah. but it's incredibly detailed. Things like nicknames, favorite foods, um, perfumes, colognes, choice of, you know, only wearing this kind of clothing. There, there's so many things to keep track of about a person that if you see them on, if it's your sibling or a friend, you would know if they were out of character. You know, what are yeah. you doing in that three-piece suit? You're usually wearing a tank top and shorts. What are you doing? So you really, you know, keeping track of those fine details are super important to the reader because you want them to believe the world is real. I mean, I think it's real. All that's happening in my, as far as I know. So yeah, you want the reader to be right there with you and having fun in that world. Yes. And the, her world, it's also inspired by actual Deadwood in, you said, yes. South, is it in Dakota? South Dakota. Yeah. South, it's South, okay. I was like, I know it's in Dakota. Like, yeah. <laughs> one of the Dakotas. It's in South Dakota. Yeah. Deadwood has been around since the 18, mid 1870s. Well, it's it's where the gold that's when they found gold custer yeah. went through with his troops around that a little before they found gold some you know and it just got the big gold rush was on and it really changed the history of you know the area which was i believe the lakota sioux had it before that so you know it's there's just there's controversy there but there's gold there there's all this stuff going on back then and you know when there's gold 
they everybody comes and nobody minds you know the laws or anything so it really was quite a place and 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 it has been ever since and they've worked the town is really fun to go to if you ever have the chance they've worked really hard the whole you know the town to keep a lot of the homes from that area to keep the businesses to they have you know um historic rules to follow if you buy a house that fits into this and they've worked to keep the history alive for people so you can go there and walk the the you know main street and feel kind of like you're back in you know time a little bit and they have some great museums um just a week ago we were up there my husband and i we were meeting um some of the wonderful retailers that carry our books at, there in town um and we went to the brothel museum mm -hmm. and this is an actual brothel that was there until 1980s when they finally the feds they came in and said we're done you know you're done shut it down but it was there for you know a hundred years well not you know this particular one but there were brothels and you really learn more about it wasn't just about sex um these women had a place in the community they provided a lot of money to help with a lot of things mm -hmm. you know they had they would be very helpful to the community too so it, it's a great museum to check out if you if you go up there and you want to see some of the rooms and what they were like and, and a, get a feel for that a little bit more which is wonderful if you're an author or if you're into yeah. history because going into museums like this where they put the rooms together and you can get a, a, a good feel really helps you paint the scene on the page Ooh. Yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, that would be really awesome. It's kind of sparking ideas. Not that I need any more writing ideas right now. But right. I'm also curious with having to look into the history of everything, how much like what the actual town is set up like, like with all the different shops and buildings and everything, how much have you tied that into Violet's world in the book series? Well, I try to make it so that you could go visit Deadwood and you could know the story you'd know where people live and where buildings are and you could see buildings and see you know it, it's like bringing it all alive I've, I've tried to do that somewhat now i will use public buildings and still keep the names you know as the public building um the library for example is the library it's set where the library is several buildings like that i won't use private residences because and i've had a lot of wonderful people come up and say you should use my house in the book series because it's haunted and it would be a great place. And I'd love to, but there, you know, after that person moves, maybe the new owner doesn't want people coming around pointing at their house. And so I try to be really respectful of, you know, um, privacy in that way too, keeping to more the uh, public buildings that they can definitely see and then putting some fictional stuff throughout but then i'll also try to include some of the real history of the town mixed in with the story so that you really feel like this is this is where violet parker lives and this is what's going on and make it more fun that way cracking me up petting the cat you're on mute still I got distracted yeah. by the cat as i'm trying to <laughs> rush is his buddy though like this guy we brought harrison home and rush is just like at his side when he was born so oh cat yeah 
He is one of your favorites. So, hey, go in there and finish and watching like, the show, and you can tell me in a minute. Okay, Bubby? Okay, go. Go find the other cats. Go find Pyre. <laughs> he is all hyper. So, that's what we get for watching a movie first thing this morning, though. Yes. No, I get it. We went and got a school schedule. So, getting mm -hmm. ready for my daughter to head back to school. And mixed, mixed feelings about that for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, Harrison, go be a cat with fire. Go, I'm serious. Harrison, three. <laughs> well, go look in your room. He's probably sleeping in your messy closet. Oh, he's a mess. So Deadwood is the main like setting for Violet. And I, how did you go about getting the history for Deadwood? Well, my mom moved there. It's actually it's Deadwood in the neighboring town, Lead. Um, which is like a, a mile or two, a couple miles away. Just they almost connect and they're both small towns. And Lead had the big gold mine, home state gold mine, that was a huge employer for the area for decades. It's, it was amazing. Um, and now it's been turned into a science lab. They're Ooh. done with the gold and now they do, um, what is it? Oh, boy, I can't think of it. Dark something particle. Anyway, it's this really cool underground science lab that they have. And it's really been, they get a lot of scientists up there and have neutrinos, I think is what it is. Anyway, so there's, LEED has the huge, a huge mining history that goes along with Deadwood's history. They're really kind of sister towns. And so both books are, both towns are featured in the books. I kind of go back and forth and have yeah. stuff happen in both of them and some of the other surrounding area towns. But um, I've been going there. My mom and stepfather moved there when I was just finishing up seventh grade. And so we, I would go there. I spent a lot of time there. I'd spend summers there. I'd spend holidays there. Um, I would get, my parents were divorced, of course. So I kind of, I, I grew up in Deadwood, just like I grew up in, you know, part of the time in Northwest Ohio. So it was a really wonderful experience. Um, we would go out back then. There were mines everywhere that were you could go into now most of them are blocked off for safety uh there were the old mining buildings the you know all the smelters all kinds of stuff that you could go explore that were abandoned and so i grew up just going around the black hills um there weren't really four-wheelers or three-wheelers then we had an old motorcycle that i would ride around and go up dirt roads and just finding old cabins and, and there was so much wonderful history just out in the Black Hills that I could come across and explore, you know, and just, wow, look at this. You could see all the foundations of this tiny town that was here. It's so incredible. So that really got into, you know, kind of my, my blood that, and my mom worked down in Deadwood at a tourist shop when I was a kid. And I'd go down and if you went down, you had to spend eight hours and you couldn't just hang out at her store. You had to go places and keep busy. So I would just go all over the town and do whatever I could. Um, there were museums that would let you in that cost like a buck, you know, and I would go in the museums. I would go ex hike up to the big, the old cemetery where Wild Bill was buried and look through all the graves. Ooh. It just made it such a wonderful, you know, thing to do while I was killing time and learning so much history that when it came time to write, it just felt like, this is what I need to write about. This is where I need to set the story. 
you know, I daydream so much as a kid. And this is one of the really cool things. So as a kid, you know, all these historic buildings from the 1800s, I would sit on the bench in town and look at them and think, I wonder what's upstairs. I wonder what's here. And, you know, always wondering about those buildings or these places. Well, now that I write the stories and, and so many of the towns people know that this is what I do. I get to take tours of all these buildings and places I wanted to see. Yeah, I get, I get private tours and it's amazing. It's, it's one of my favorite part about being an author and, and setting so much in this town is how wonderful the town people are about here. Let me show you this. Let me take you through the old County courthouse and we'll go through everything. And, you know, and I get to see, so that I can use it in the story and kind of have it accurate, you know. Um, in Lead, there's the Homestake Opera House, which is this beautiful opera house that was really, it was one of the big ones out west, you know, in the late, uh, early 1900s, I believe. Anyway, I got to take all kinds of, tour all this whole big opera house. It's beautiful. And I used it for book four in this series, uh, Better Off Dead and Deadwood. And I tried to be as right on I, I was working with a lady that was working there at the time mm-hmm. so that I could be exact with where you turn what's here what's there and now if you go when especially during the fan festival we have every year you can take a tour and they'll take you through the parts that are in the book mm-hmm. so you can see it and it matches the story so you really feel like you're in that particular setting which is really awesome that they'll do that oh Okay, that is totally awesome. I'm kind of like a little bit of a history nerd, loving to go and getting just getting to explore that stuff. That is amazing because I love doing that. So yeah, it's really it's there. I just love working with the people of Deadwood Lead in, in the area because they're so they're so open about this and sharing it. And then, like the book I'm working on, um, there's an old elementary school in the town in Lead, and it's from early 1900s, I believe. I can't remember when it was built exactly, but it's old and it's been shut down for a while and and someone's rebuilding it and making these really cool apartments. But there's still a lot of it that's, you know, kind of under, you know, not in the best repair. And so we get to go through, he'll take me through those. He's really fun. Um, Rob will take us through these and I'll get to see all these, you know, rooms and the way it was so that I can use it in the book and add, you know, make it kind of scary and spooky, you know, and have fun with it. So, yeah, just things like that are one of my favorite things to do. That is awesome. It definitely shows and comes through the story. Just, oh, I love it. Well, and we are coming up on the end of our time. So go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers where they can snag copies of your books, where you're going to be next, and where they can follow you. So you can always go to my website, www.anncharles.com. And there's no E in Ann, it's just ANNCharles.com. If you go to the books page, we have um, the books listed and a bunch of retailers that you can click the button. But if you, you, know, you typically buy them somewhere else, check that too, because a lot of times um, we just don't have all the icons for everyone that carries them. So um, I'm available that way as print books, there's ebooks, there's audiobooks for all of these. So whatever, however you like to listen or read or, or, you know, whatever your choices, you can find them out there. And if you go to Deadwood or Lead, you can find the books um, in many of the retail stores. And we try to go up, like when I went up last week, we autograph them all. So my husband and I will go through and we'll autograph, you know, whatever we can so that the stock is autographed. And then you can get one of those books. Um, so definitely give them a try. And 
it's a it's a matter of supernatural fun, scare, all that good stuff put together, humor, make you laugh, give you a good escape. That's what these books are about. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And guys, for those of you watching, make sure you hit the like button, share this video, show us some love. There, the link to Anne's website is in the description. So give it, give it a look at. She's got all her books there and they're amazing. And we look forward to chatting with you guys all soon. And we'll chat again soon. And everybody have a great, fantastic afternoon. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to get future notifications when shows come out. Also, be sure to check out my website. I have a blog featuring this creative with some other fun and interesting questions. You can also subscribe to my newsletter there to stay up to date with all things The Chapter Goddess and Madeline Dale. Once again, thanks for watching and have a great rest of the day.